It's time you believed in a new kind of horror. The horror of the children. Something you wouldn't dare to imagine has happened to the children. Something beyond your worst fears. Jenny. Jenny, darling, is that you?
see. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and today we're talking about Chapter 9, The Gate. I'm sorry this episode is a little bit later than I would have liked it to be, but I had a uh, early screening for uh, Doctor Strange 2, that movie, so good. I'm not going to give you away any spoilers. Anyway, I'm jumping into the episode. So, um, in the last episode, uh, Chapter 8, I may have jumped on a little bit with some of the details that were in that episode, but I'm just going to quickly relay them here again. But it was just a little bit. Now, the episode starts with a warm embrace between Mike and Eleven, and they just have a really great moment between the two. Uh, Mike finds out that Hopper has been hiding Eleven this entire time and has not been really happy about about it in general and Mike just completely goes off on Hopper. Now Dustin and Lucas welcome Eleven back and Eleven notices uh, Dustin's new teeth and she kind of like just you know pokes at him and it, it's, it's just a really heart uh, warming moment between the two and just just to show that you know they are they are just on the same uh, page and that that uh, camaraderie between the 
the entire party is, is still there and it hasn't gone anywhere. And Eleven has really found herself. Now, Max isn't, uh, isn't welcomed by Eleven just yet. Uh, so, Joyce and Eleven have a warm embrace. But Eleven asks to see Will. And, and she says, basically, that, um, that she's seen that Will isn't and hasn't been doing well. And she knows a lot of this because of her, you know, her traveling to the void and and going through a lot of what they uh, what they would consider uh, really uh, harsh um, flashbacks between uh, Eleven and the rest of the group. And she's been almost spying on them to a certain extent, but you know. It's not really spying, if you if you will, um, but it's just uh, one of those scenes where you know they're like, "How does she know this?" And of course, we get a little bit of an answer to a lot of this later on in the uh, in the episode, and definitely in the uh, next season. So, episode seven was important because eleven gained some skills from Kali that will help her to close the gate in this episode because Eleven will have to, uh, she would have to muster up and she would have to harness and control her powers for that specifically. Meanwhile, Mrs. Hopper is, uh, Mrs. Willer rather, is taking a bubble bath uh, while reading a trashy romance novel by a candlelight with a nice red wine while Ted snores away in his recliner while the doorbell is ringing. So we get a lot of this and she's just really frustrated. So she has to get up out of the shower. Um, and I haven't mentioned um, uh, how hot Karen Willer is. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so Billy is at the front door and the whole scene of the two flirting and Mrs. Willer is just so good. He's just, you know, he's just pulling her in and he, you can tell he knows uh, exactly what he's doing at this point. Now the gang figures out they need to uh, separate Will from the mind flare and Joyce realizes that he likes it cold. You know, she, she now realizes exactly what that meant. So they have to make the the host uninhabitable, which is what uh, they now have to do. And we've seen little glimpses of that at the uh, very, very beginning of uh, episodes uh, four and five. Now, Steve, you know, he's a pretty damn good babysitter at this point. <laughs> Steve uh, concedes to Jonathan via just uh just uh Nancy in in so many words and just the whole conversation between the two of them is just it's just so great now the plan is starting to come together Hopper and Eleven have a much needed talk Dustin and Steve put a dead demagogue in the buyer's refrigerator Steve uh Dustin Lucas <clears throat> excuse me and uh, and Max 
and Mike try to make plans and are interrupted by Billy. Now, Billy and Steve uh, fight, and Steve gets in a couple good licks before Billy essentially just finishes him off, but not before Max uh, finishes Billy off by an injection and a nailed bat. That scene was so great, and once again, I keep iterating this, um, I keep saying this same iteration of the same uh, thing over and over again, but just the female empowerment in this show is just so great and just you know because of all the other uh, male characters not to emasculate the men in any way but just to show how strong Max is because there was a scene where Steve was trying to find fight Billy and Steve couldn't win that and then you have Billy who's going against Lucas. Lucas couldn't go up against him. And then you, you know, have Max stepping in and taking over. And, you know, she just basically takes over the whole situation, injects him, and then she gets the bat and she takes complete control of it and of the situation. And she's the stronger out of all of them out of this. And there are just these little subtle things, but you just see them and they just play out so, so well at this point. Now, uh, then Max takes off with the car with a stunned Lucas, Dustin, and Mike looking at one another in amazement after, you know, this whole scene has played out. This whole sequence is just absolutely great. Now, Joyce, Nancy, and Jonathan head to Hopper's cabin with Will in tow and scrap him to the bed gear up to exercise Will while Eleven and Hopper head to the lab to start the process to close the gate when Eleven has a brief flashback right before heading into the lab because this is of course uh, this is bringing back some of her memories of being in the the lab with Dr. Brenner. Now while Max is driving with Dustin and Mike in the back seat they try to comfort Steve, who starts to to come too. When Dustin says, "You know, you got your ass kicked," and you know, but you you know, you put up a good fight. You know, he sees you know a little bit tongue in cheek there. You know, and, and as an aside, did anyone else notice the band aid uh, on Steve's face? You know, is that of a rainbow? We're seeing a little bit of these little subtle details that the Duffer Brothers are putting throughout the show, these little breadcrumbs, and if you connect a lot of them, you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of the story being told underneath. And I just love the way they continue to do this, and just haven't stopped. Now, now Max driving is, is just funny as hell. I mean, you know, her with the little, uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it was a uh, if it was maybe a brick or a book or something up under her, but she's driving and she's like, I've, I've driven before. And, and just that whole scene, the way it plays out is great. Now, the exorcism of Will begins, a real exorcist moment here. This is very intense. This is one of the most intense scenes of the series so far uh, just just that whole you know even bef- even with him screaming before and the voice changing and we're starting to see a ramping up of this and a progression that is really 
wonderful to see and to and to uh, to play out. And just this actor, uh, Noah Snap, like I said, he's just he's just fire on all cylinders at this point. He's a great, great young actor, and I can't wait to see what else he uh, he does moving forward. Once again, the female empowerment with Max getting uh, them to the uh, to the upside down tunnels is just you know one of the best parts of the uh of the show and it's like you know they're showing this you know what would happen in reality and what's what's going on so this is really really uh important for a lot of uh young female uh um uh women and and uh little girls to see this on screen the uh, the reflection and the you know tangentialization of something that is is real now steve and um has uh a brand moment uh from the goonies you know and that's the older brother when he says any of you little shits die down here i'm getting the blame got it dipshit you know talking to dustin going first uh into the tunnels of the upside down Meanwhile, Hopper and Eleven are going um, going through the lab hallway. Hopper finds Dr. Owens hanging on to life in a stairway while being gravely injured when Hopper introduces Eleven to Dr. Owens and asks if he can help Eleven uh, out uh, after everything is, is over. And Dustin freaks out for a moment after getting spit on back down in the uh, upside down tunnels by something in the upside down tunnels but shortly after starts to uh to drench the walls uh or or rather torch the walls and drench them with some kind of uh uh fire now meanwhile back at the cabin will is full-on possessed by the shadow monster mind flayer this entire scene is so intense at this moment and i'll be right back in a moment Designated hangout, so you know. 
Here I am. Their driveway is pretty dark this time of night. So drive slowly. Always. And when you see Mike, tell him to come home already, okay? You're a real nice here, you know that. Anytime. I'll see you later. Hopper and Eleven run into a demo dog and, with uh, Steve, and he gets ready to torch the walls. And the exorcism with Will is still going on. It's kind of like this back and forth flash between the two. And Joyce says, get the hell out of my son. A clear reference to the exorcism, um, the movie itself. Now, then we get the uh, scene where the shadow monster goes flying out of Will. Will finally comes to, and this is a great moment in the, uh, in the, in the uh, episode. Now Hopper is is standing at the edge of the pit of the upside down when Eleven walks up next to next to him, and Jonathan radios him, telling him to close the gate. Everything is starting to come together now. Hopper and Eleven briefly hold hands while lowering themselves into the upside down. Eleven starts to close the gate. Now, this is the moment why I think episode seven, The Lost Sister, was so important. I don't think Eleven would have been able to close the um, close the gate had it not been for Kali teaching her how to fully uh, harness and use her powers ultimately to to close the gate. Now, meanwhile, Steve gets to uh, to use his Negan skills while freeing Mike from the uh, vines of the upside down tunnels. But Steve and the others are met by a demo dog, Dart. Now, Dustin feeds uh, feeds him some nougat, and the group starts to pass by. Meanwhile, Eleven has a brief flashback at of of what Kali taught her, and she's. You know, basically harnessing all of that and pulling all of that fully, uh, fully back. Now, you know, Hopper, Hopper has to fight off Demodogs while Eleven continues to close the gate, while having flashbacks, flashbacks of Doctor Brenner, and I love the synth music uh, playing. Uh, throughout the scene while Eleven continues closing the gate. She's using every part of her, uh, every part of her uh, powers, every part of her being to close the gate. She is just using everything she has. But I also love the scene of, of all the uh, demo dogs free falling from the opening of the gate once, uh, once the gate is being closed. And I literally got goosebumps when Hopper and Eleven hug after she's closed the gate. And for me, that's the mark of a great movie or show. You can watch it a million times and still get the same feeling throughout the uh, the uh, subsequent watchings of a of the same episode. Now, fast forward to a month later, there are military officers are locking up the lab. While a reporter reports, you know, and this is her full 
full report. Since the release of the incendiary tape, the once quiet town of Hawkins, Indiana has spent time in a place it never expected, the national spotlight. Under mounting pressure, several high-ranking members from the U.S. Department of Energy have admitted involvement in the death and cover-up of Hawkins resident Barbara Holland, who died due to exposure to an ex experimental chemical asphyxiant which had leaked from the grounds of the lab. So they are completely uh, admitting uh, death, cover-up, chemical, which we know this is just a cover-up, but Murray was right. And speaking of Murray, Murray, which has camped out on the road of the lab, was loving every minute of it while but while that news report continues, we get the uh, the funeral of, of Barb. Now, Bob is sitting, I mean, not, not Bob, um, Bob is no longer with us. Uh, Murray is sitting out in front of the uh, in front of the lab, and he's just camped out. But it, it holds true what he was saying, that you have to water down the truth just a little bit to make it more palatable to those tolerable, as he said. To those regular people, you know, not like us, the ones that, you know, don't want to see behind the curtain. Although we love to see behind the curtain, we, we fully embrace the curtain, what's behind it. We want to see what's behind that curtain. That just really plays onto what he was, uh, what he was saying, and it, it proved to be so true. And they just, I, I, I'm glad we see more of him in this season, and I hope he makes it out and he makes it to the end of the. Uh, series in general because I just love his character so much because he's so jaded but at the same time he's got his you know he's you know because he made friends with um with uh, one of our other uh loved uh our Russian characters um we won't speak of his name right now but we'll we'll get to him uh momentarily uh <laughs> going into the uh, third season so April Klein She's the reporter that was sent to Hawkins to speak to residents. It's probably a reference to April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, uh, uh, movies, the cartoon uh, that came on Saturday mornings. But I may be digging a little bit deep here, but I don't know. I, you know, they don't, the Duff Brothers, they don't put things into this uh, into this series just for it to be there. Everything has its place. Everything has a reason for the most part. I would say probably 99% of everything in the, in the show. So for them to have April Klein is something completely, uh, completely welcomed. So Harper meets Dr. Owens to get, uh, that favor, which Dr. Owens gladly delivers on. And he's given Hopper a birth certificate for 11, Jane Hopper. Now, Mr. Clark is back putting up the snowball banner while the buyers dance to Jingle Bells. And Mike uh, takes a picture reluctantly uh, by his mom. And Lucas tries to psych himself up for the dance while Erica makes fun of him. And that's so the relationship I had with my uh, sister growing up. And Max is getting her hair done by her mom when, when Billy walks by and looks at her sternly and she returns the look this is really telling of what they have had going on and what 
their relationship is going to be um, moving forward. And I'll be uh, right back uh, right after these brief clips. You weren't in there, okay, Lucas? That lab is swarming with hundreds of those dogs. Emma dog! The chief will take care of her. Because she needs protection. Listen, dude, if a coach calls a play in a game, bottom line, you execute it, all right? Okay, first of all, this isn't some stupid sports game. And second, we're not even in the game. We're on the bench. Right. So my point is... Right, yeah, we're on the bench, so uh, there's nothing we can do. That's not entirely true. I mean, these demo dogs, they have a hive mind. When they ran away from the bus, they were called away. So if we get their attention, maybe we can draw them away from the lab and clear a path to the gate. Yeah, and then we all die. Well, that's one point of view. No, that's not a point of view, man. That's a fact. I got it. This is where the chief dug his hole. This is our way into the tunnels. Here, right here. This is like a hub. See what all the tunnels feed me here? Maybe if we set this on fire. No, yeah, that's a no. The mind flayer would call away his army. They'd all come to stop us. Hey. Then we circle back to the exit. Guys. By the time they realize we're gone, hell hey. would be at the gate. Hey, hey, hey! This is not happening. But no, 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 no. No buts. I promise I keep your shithead safe, and that's exactly what I plan on doing. We're staying here on the bench, and we're waiting for the starting team to do their job. Does everybody understand that? This isn't a stupid sports game. I said, does everybody understand that? I need a yes. So we're back, and we get Dustin yelling obscenities into the air gleefully while looking for his Farrah Fawcett hairspray when Love is a Battlefield starts to play. Just the music in this in, in this series, I just, ah, I just love it. It just 
embraces so much of that 80s nostalgia that I love and that I grew up listening to and, and, and the television shows that I watch, they just, it's just so perfectly paired with everything that we uh, continue to see. Now, Steve drops off Dustin. And Steve obviously still has feelings for Nancy because he's looking at her longingly as he sees her inside the snowball uh, dance. Uh, Dustin is briefly teased by the game when time after time, and he's teased about his uh, about his hair and how big it is and uh, burst nest or something to that effect. But it's just some fun, uh, some fun uh, teasing there. Um, and then we get the song "Time After Time" by Cindy uh, Lauper that starts to play. And Lucas asks uh, Max to, to dance. And Dustin looks on longingly, wishing it, 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 were, uh, it were him dancing with, with Max. And while a girl asks Will to dance, and she calls him Zombie Boy, you know, which, it, you know, this may seem to be like some kind of uh, weird teasing or making fun of, but you gotta remember the '80s was a different time, and you know, and people didn't have the thin skin, unfortunately, that they have today. But that was just a almost like a term of endearment, and because she she, she obviously liked him to certain some to a certain a certain extent. And Will dances, and then there are just the two, Mike and Dustin. Now Dustin asks a girl to dance and gets turned down and looks around and sees everyone dancing when Nancy catches notice of him alone on the bleachers. And all the girls now look on in admiration while Nancy gives Dustin the best pep talk as they start to dance and as they're dancing and they're looking and she's Nancy's like, you know, girls at this age are stupid, but they'll come around and they'll realize what they're missing out on. And, you know, of course, with uh, Dustin, with his big personality, we know that we know that he'll find someone of, uh, of, of stature that will uh, ultimately uh, be within uh, his realm of uh, possibilities. And we'll see that in season three. Now, Joyce and Hopper have a smoke outside and Mike sees Eleven and walks in while singing every um, while stings every breath you're you know, starts to, uh, starts to play and Max kisses and hugs Lucas, which is a big surprise to him. And 11 kisses, uh, Mike. And this is just one of the best moments within the, uh, within the series and just all these heartwarming, uh, moments and a great heartwarming scene, but it's short lived as short lived as the camera pans back to the exterior of the dance the camera tilts upside down and we get a view of the upside down and the mind flare and i just absolutely love this scene it's like nope you know we still have some things going on and there's a lot that's going on within this uh within this uh series and within this uh scene so uh, i i am really glad to jump into this uh this episode um, this rather this next season rather I'm just so excited to, to and I'm foaming at the mouth to actually get to it so I'm gonna actually jump into it I'm it's not gonna be a beat by beat but we'll jump into uh, the next season of Stranger Things Stranger Things 3 coming up next it's my brother he, he can't know I'm here he'll kill me he'll kill us
dreaming or is that you, Harrington? Yeah, it's me. Don't cream your pants. What are you doing here, amigo? Yeah, could I see the same thing, amigo? Looking for my stepsister. A little birdie told me she was here. Huh, that's weird. I don't know. Small, redhead, bit of a bitch. Doesn't ring a bell. Sorry, buddy. You know, I don't know. This this whole situation, Harrington, I don't know. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, why is that? My 13-year-old sister goes missing all day. And then I find her with you in a stranger's house. And you lie to me about it. <laughs> Man, when you drop too much as a child, or what? I don't know what you don't understand about what I just said. She's not here. And who is that? Shit! Did you see us? Oh, shit. Listen. I told you to blank your feet. Sinclair, what a surprise. I thought I told you to stay away from me, Max. Billy, go away. You disobey me. And you know what happens when you disobey me. Billy. I break things. Maxine won't listen to me. Maybe you will. You stay away from her. Stay away from her. You hear me? I said get off my house! You are so dead, Sinclair! You're dead. No. You are. Steve! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you got some fire in you after all, huh? I've been waiting to meet this King Steve everybody's been telling me so much about. Get out. On out, you leave me and my friends alone. Do you understand? Screw you. Say it, you understand? Say it. Say it! I understand. What? I understand.
much longer. Look, look at it. Drive it just wait. Killing him. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this season of Stranger Things season two, and we're going to jump right into season three. And I, I just love this season. This is one of the best seasons. This set up a lot for what's going to happen in season three. Of course, that's what great series and great TV shows do. But anyway, I will see you guys in the Upside Down.
somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness.
want to dance? What? Come on. I don't know how. I don't either. Do you want to figure it out? 